This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Good afternoon and welcome to Reclaiming Families. I am Randy Little. This is my wife, Hillary Little. And we are delighted to uh, be talking to you today. This is our first ever podcast. Our first ever episode of Reclaiming Families. Hopefully the first of many. We want to come and talk about just why reclaiming families. Why do we want to start this podcast and uh, put our time and energy into reclaiming families and and yeah, it's really pretty simple. We uh, What it comes down to is that God has a design for families. God has a design for men and women, and he has a design for husbands and wives and fathers and mothers. And he has specific roles that he's called each to, and it is a really good thing. Yeah, and because God has a design for family, it's very important. And it's a big deal. And, you know, I think one thing that um, in order to really understand why family is so important, it's to first understand how God made us, men and women, in His image. Mm -hmm. And in order, or what that means is that whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, God made you, right? He created mankind. And He created us in His image and so that means that everything that we do, everything we say, how we act, represents God Himself. And so that's good and bad, right? Every bad thing we do, every lie we tell, we're basically saying, God, you're a liar, right? When we, yeah, you know, when somebody gets divorced, they're basically saying, God, you're unfaithful, or unfaithful to your to your wife, to your church. So this idea of being made in God's image, it impacts all of life and especially the family. Mm -hmm. I even think that we can see unique ways that men and the role that God has called men to are a display of the image of God. And then the unique ways that God has created and the roles that he's called women to are unique picture of God's design and and we're seeing that we have a seven month old and we're even able to to see that you know you see the fierce leadership side um, initiating of a husband or of a a man of a father and then you see the 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 nurturing calm um, maybe calm is not a good word but just the nurturing more like the beauty side of a woman and those are unique ways that, that men or women are made in God's image. Maybe those were bad examples, but... No, that's a good example. My wife called me fierce, and so I think it's a good example. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, let's. But you know what? 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 One other thing about just men and women and the roles that God's called us to, there was actually a Pew Research study. Oh, this is good, yeah. Um, and it said that married religious people... Are some of the happiest people? Well, married a man and a woman married to each other. Yeah, uh, heterosexual. So a heterosexual married, <laughs> married uh, religious couple are the happiest people on this planet. Which is pretty 
wild because that's kind of the opposite of what the culture's saying, if you think about it. Because the culture, especially to women, and I guess to men too, really. But it's like, you need to live your own life. You are young, wild, and free. And even if you're not so young, you need to live like you are. And you need to go after, you know, the fittest, hottest body you can. Doing the greatest adventures, working your way, breaking the glass ceiling. But what's wild, at the end of all that, you're not as happy as a married, heterosexual, religious couple. So, and you so, can check that on, on the Pew Research. Just Google it. Yeah, the culture, culture is not out for your happiness. and uh, Because if they were, they would be encouraging you to be married to a man and a woman, to be married together um, for a lifetime, mm. and be religious. Well, we're, and you know, we'd go a step further than Pew and not just say religious, but we would say... Be Christian. In a relationship with Jesus. That's right. So, really why Reclaiming Families, while we're starting this up, is that we want for people to have this joyful experience. We want for people to get to take life and have happiness. And we're not saying that, you know, if you fulfill the role of a man and get married and do things perfect that life is going to go great. We're not saying that at all. There's still going to be struggles, but we're just saying there is joy in fulfilling God's design. And, you know, single people might be saying, well, well, what about me? But even single people, you know, we didn't get married until a little bit later. And we were single before we got married. Oh, we were single before we got married. And we got married later than most of our friends did. Yeah, 30 years old. Um, You were not 30 years old. He's 30 years old. No, I was 29. I was 29. Yeah, I was 28. Anyways, um, so some of you have been single longer than us, but a lot of people have gotten married younger than us. And we, I just, I say all that to say... You can fulfill God's role for men and women, for manhood and womanhood, masculinity, femininity, not being married. And that is a good, joyful experience. Absolutely. absolutely. But it's also really good and joyful to get married and have babies. That's right. That's right. So both are, are good, have their place. And we're going to talk about those in future episodes. But also, too, to understand, like, for me, when I started, you know, we've been married for um, two years, coming up on three years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and the more I've been learning that, the more I fulfill my role of who God has called me to be, a provider for my family, one who takes responsibility for my family, looks out for my family, leads my family. You know, there are so many struggles and challenges in it, but there's also so much joy and happiness mm-hmm. um, as I walk with the Lord. And um, yeah, I, I just experience... Um, I want to say the word is like contentment, uh, but there's probably another word that's eluding me that I just, uh, there is joy there, and it comes in fulfilling God's design, and it's not necessarily, you know, for my own wife's sake, but it's walking with the Lord for His sake that I experience joy in loving my wife, and uh, so it's just another component that we really want people to experience um, happiness and contentment and joy in life in their marriage in their homes in your homes and it is by reclaiming your family yeah and when we do that not only do we get a joyful experience but more importantly god's glorified Absolutely. you know there's many pictures of the gospel all over 
when masculinity, femininity, marriage, and family are done well. And, and that's what we want to see. Yeah, it goes back to being made in God's image where when I am a good husband who loves my wife well, I am a picture of God to my wife. It's a picture that says, God loves you well too. And God is glorified in that. And that's how he's glorified in that. And so it's a, when you live well, when you're a good husband, and um, if you're a wife, if you're a good wife, you are glorifying God. Uh, because you're made in his image. Mm. But you want to know the crazy thing is that anywhere that we look in popular culture, it says the exact opposite. Like really, popular culture wants to completely wreck and dismantle families. That's right. And if you really want to get me on a rant, which, I mean, I can feel it starting up. I might be getting on that rant right now. Slow down, slow down. Anywhere you look, like, if you just talk about sex, sex is cheapened all over the culture. I mean, sex is everywhere. We went, like, it just, oh, it makes me so mad. But you turn on the TV, and there is literally, you watch, like, a primetime TV show, and you're probably going to be entertained by the fact someone is having an affair. And I just think, like, I'm, I, I've been entertained by it, too. Um, but it's like, we're always, like, sex outside of marriage is all around us. You drive just from Knoxville to Gatlinburg on the interstate, and there are literally billboards that have porn. I'm, I'm going to, like, I would classify them as pornographic images just on billboards on the interstate that anyone driving down the interstate sees. And so sex is everywhere. It's, you know, premarital sex. It's extramarital sex. It's, um, you know, making sex look like it's this big, all life-changing experience that I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What's she going to say? It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not. That's <laughs> right. That's right. It's not. about anybody in this room. Well, sure, I'm just saying. Sure. Sex doesn't change your life. But you better believe media and everything else makes it out to be. Pornography is a big deal. Um, you know, there's same-sex stuff. It's like LBGTQ, and then now we have an I and an A. And it's like, that stuff does not satisfy yeah, and, and I'm really glad you use the word cheapens. Like, it really does. It cheapens marriage. It cheapens relationships. They're just not as good. Like, if you are having sex out of marriage, it's not as good as having sex with your married, um, you know, your wife. You know, or if you're a wife, your husband. It's just, it's so cheap. It's There's no covenant, no real protection there. Mm-hmm. And also... You know, you know, we talk all the time like transgender. You know, it just it's so it's just cheapening what it means to be a man, and it cheapens what it means to be a woman, and it's just cheap, and it's destructive to what's really good. It's destructive to joy, uh, and you know that's an interesting case to look up. Just look at how many people that are transgender and end up committing suicide or go through great depression. Um, they don't find this happiness at the end of the tunnel, and it's because they're also they're just cheapening manhood, womanhood, and uh, you know we need to reclaim our families, 
embracing these things. There's happiness there, joy there. And uh, yeah, the, but the culture is definitely saying, you know, go and be LGBTQIA. Another one big right now is the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, we'll tell you all day long that, that Black Lives Matter, and we'll tell you all day long that all lives matter, and it's because God has made us, um, and therefore our lives matter. I wish that the movement could be like Black Lives Made in the Image of God, but... <laughs> that's right, that's right. But, you know, one thing on their website, and, and really culture is grabbing onto it, is they just want to dismantle the family. They don't want the family to be a man and a woman um, with some children for a their lifetime. Wording, their wording is nuclear family. They want to replace the nuclear family. Right. That's the wording on the Black Lives Matter website. That's right, that's right. And so... They're, uh, so they're part of the culture, and they're, they're destroying family. Now, we want to reclaim family. Like we said, LGBTQIA, they're destroying family sex outside of marriage. And really, as a result of those things, we see tons and tons of divorces. You know, it's 50% of American families, American marriages end in divorce, and that's not really any different within the church. That's right. And the rest of the culture, and so that's a big deal. So single parents, divorces, and we just see a lot of. I read an article. Gosh, it's been a long time ago. I don't even know who read it or who wrote it, but it was calling our generation, so millennials and Gen Zs, was saying that we're a fatherless generation because. There are so many single mom homes, and even in the families where the fathers are physically present, a lot of times they um, are not emotionally or spiritually present, and a lot of times really not leading their families well. And so that's another area of families that we want to reclaim, especially because I think Randy alluded to it earlier, um, depression rates, Yeah, they're higher. Anxiety rates... They're higher in families that do not have a, a present and active mother and father. Yeah, like you're. I mean, I don't know the statistics on it, but um, you can look them up. But they're all over the place. That you're way more likely to commit suicide, go to jail, uh, commit violent crimes, um, all these things that occur from not having a dad in the home, coming from a broken home, um, a home that doesn't love one another, a family that's, you know. Um, yeah, that's just not a warm home, a loving home. And so, um, yeah, part of reclaiming families, we want to see families restored. We want to see people live healthy, productive, happy lives. Yeah, so that's the big thing. Why reclaiming families? We want to reclaim God's design. We want to that's right. reclaim families. Absolutely, absolutely. And what we really want to see is the next generation to be be better than us be better than mm. yeah we want them to be happier than us and more joy to walk with God more closely and uh, and so yeah as as long as God allows generation and generation to go on we want them to be more and more godly yeah and so this has really become a passion of ours um, since well getting married and especially since being pregnant and, and having our our first child um, we want to do family well with her, and we want her to grow up knowing the gospel, and we know that the first picture of the gospel that she's ever going to see is our marriage, and so we want to do that well. Yeah, I was listening to Focus on the Family, and uh, that's another great podcast to listen to as well. Um, and one of the things that they I heard on the, the them say was, what passes down your 
um, values and your beliefs to your children. And you know what they said was warmth of relationship. And so how loving and warm your family is, it matters on how it affects your children and what they believe and how they think. And, and we, want to, we want to be warm and loving because it's God's good design. And also it shows our little girl that God is warm and loving. And we pray that she embraces the truth that God is God and uh, he has come to redeem mankind in the person of Jesus. There is life for us after death. There is abundant joy and life now. And warmth of relationships is part of the, the, the way I believe that God um, could make himself known to our little girl. Yeah. But we'll be the first to say we are not the experts in this. No way. We've not done it perfectly. Sometimes we don't even do it good at all. Um, that's part of the reason why we want to start reclaiming families because we hope that we become warmer, that we, you know, we're passionate about strengthening families because we want our family to be strengthened as well. Yeah, and I think on that note too, it's like we're definitely not the uh, perfect family. Like I come home and I'm tired and I want to just watch YouTube videos and space out and just forget about my responsibilities and not love my wife well. And it's so easy to do and I do it all the time. Um, and so people might say, hey, you're hypocritical. But what we're saying is, there is a certain design for God's family. And we failed at it. <laughs> and we fail at it, but we want to grow and strive to fulfill that design. And that's not hypocritical. That's just falling short and failing. Mm -hmm. Hypocrisy would be saying we want something, uh, but never pursue it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, we are not perfect. Um, and uh, but we want to strive. Yeah. So we would we will tell you our our story about you know how we met dating and marriage is a long story and we want to tell it to you but not today we don't have enough time for that but we would like to tell you a little bit about um, for each of us just briefly what is kind of the family background that we come from so um so i grew up with a family of all boys it was my mom and three boys and my dad and uh my parents were married stayed married married now uh we were we grew up in church raised in church and uh, i would say our my family like the the atmosphere of my family was probably a hard work and my mom was always serving she was always loving us by taking care of my friends and I. We were always playing at the farm, and she was always feeding us. Lots of cookies. Lots of cookies. Oh, my goodness. Christmas time, I love my mama's cookies. She I love my wife's cookies. Not as much as I his mama's. I love my mama's he cookies. He told me the other day I didn't make as good a peach cobbler as his mama. And so, uh, you know, it was very good, just different. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so it was a, uh, I would say... Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough to compare your family to, um, you know, how things should be. You know, it's like you don't know how things should be. It's like what's normal is normal. <laughs> That's right. What's normal is normal. But I would say that probably the biggest change since getting married has been the idea of connecting relationally. 
And I realize how weak I am in connecting relationally. And, you know, I'm not blaming it on my family. It's really on myself and my own emotional maturity. But uh, I would say vulnerability and emotional connection were probably not stressed in my home um, because, you know, a lot of times we were just playing and having fun and loving each other by, you know, riding four-wheelers and dirt bikes and hanging out together and talking around the dinner table. Like, that was kind of how we spent our time, and that's kind of how we did connect. You know, I do. That's one of my favorite things today is to sit around the dinner table and tell stories about uh, remember when, you know, and uh, (laughs) stuff like that. And so, but yeah, I would say getting married, I'm definitely lacking and I realize how weak I am in this, in the idea of vulnerability, emotional connection with my wife. Now, I know that it is good, and I do enjoy it. I enjoy the aftermath of vulnerability and um, you know connecting, but it is a struggle. And my wife will tell you, it's a struggle. I'm not like the most um, relationally warm person. But he's growing. I'm growing. I'm growing. Yeah. And uh, on the Enneagram, oh, not the Enneagram, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm as cold as you get relationally. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so it's funny. Like, I'm a thinker and I'm an introvert. And, and uh, that puts me, I think, on the cold end. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's my family in a nutshell. It's three boys on a farm growing up. Um, you know, it's really, my mom loved me well. My dad loved us well. He always provided took care of us in the sense of um, our needs were always met. Now, he did make us work hard for our own cars and stuff like that, and, and we valued hard work. Um, especially, I see that my mom's like, my mom values hard work. She loves to accomplish things, get things done. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that there's probably a lot of questions, but um, I had overall a darn good childhood. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say for me, growing up, um, I would have said that our my family was the picture-perfect family um, when I was younger. And you know, like Randy said, you don't know what's normal and not normal until you know what's normal. <laughs> and so, but for me, I grew up with a mom and a dad, and there was a brother, and I was the sister, and we had a dog. And so, in my mind, that was what a family was supposed to look like and that's what our family did look like now we did not grow up going to church um, or anything like that but we had a lot of fun um you know just being out on the boat every weekend going to you know sec football games we were in the vol navy uh, just all kinds of fun all the time in my house um and i would say my mom was very very good to always tell us that she was proud of us, that she loved us. I mean, you know, even now at 30 years old, I was leaving her house the other day and for no reason, she just told me that she was proud of me and that she loved me. And um, so I would say my mom has always done a good job at uh, making sure we knew that we were loved and that she was proud of us, not because of anything that we really did, just because, you know, she loved us and we were her kids. And so my mom did a really good job at that. 
Um, I would say that picture-perfect family um, that I thought that I had kind of ended around middle school. Um, it c came out that my dad had had some drug addictions and um, had been unfaithful to my mom and just a lot of brokenness like that. And so um, I grew up, you know, believing a lot of things that I didn't even, or being influenced by a lot of things that I didn't even realize influenced me until, similar to what Randy said, we got married and um, I just had so many fears and insecurities about being married and, you know, would he be faithful to me and and stuff like that. So I had no idea how much that stuff affected me because I probably would have said, you know, it didn't affect me. Um, but, you know, it's impossible for those things to not make an impact on you. Um, but my mom remarried, um, and she is married to a man now named Steve and he's wonderful. Um, it's so great to have him a part of our family. My mom and I are really close now. Um, my dad and I, you know, it, I, we love each other dearly, but it's, it's still a little bit of a struggle. I'm in my relationship with him, but you know, I'd say that it's just been a unique and really sweet picture um, or just experience that, you know, everybody gets to do it. When, when you get married, you start to make, you know, your own family and you start to get to think about what traditions do you want? What are the things that, you know, you love about your childhood? And then what are the things that you would like to change um, for your children and for your family um, and, you know, traditions and just different meaningful rhythms and, and how you want to parent, how you you want to to be married and how you want to engage in the community around you and so um yeah I think that being married Randy and I are both learning a lot about how we grew up different things about our families you know when you're married for the first time and it's like you know why do you do what you do <laughs> and then you realize you know it's because your mom does what you know, you do what your mom did or you do what your dad did. And, you know, just even small things like me and my mama, we always pour the grease down the drain, you know, cooking uh, hamburger a, a meat no, or, no, you don't do or that. something like that. But I, I can't let Randy see me do that. I run hot water. It's not going to get stuck to pour some bacon grease down the drain. because Hillary doesn't, you know, when she calls a plumber, she calls me, you know. And so... Uh, We've never had a plumbing issue. But anyways, <laughs> all that to say... You just have no idea the things that you, you know, the term more is caught than taught. That's right. um, you have no idea the things that you pick up from your family, both good and bad, or, or even neutral, just different from each other. And so, yeah, it's been a great learning experience. Um, I would say probably the one big thing that I've learned over the last, you know, however many years is that there is no such thing as a perfect family. That's right. And I've just realized over the years that every single family is screwed up. <laughs> like right. nobody has a perfect family. And if you think that there's this perfect family, it's because they're hiding a lot of stuff and it just needs to be exposed for what it is. And then, oh, I mean, I think then that's when Christ can come in and heal. And we've gotten to see a lot of healing in both of our families. And we've gotten to see um, healing in our own hearts over the last three years of our marriage. Um, and we get to see that God really is reclaiming families. Yeah. And reclaiming our family. That's what I say. Reclaiming our family for sure. And so. yeah. We pray that He continues to do it and we continue to grow into His design for our family. Yeah. So this is a journey that we're going on of starting reclaiming families and 
Um, sometimes these podcasts will just be Randy and I having conversations. Sometimes we'll have guests on here. Sometimes we'll be uh, doing book reviews. We don't really know what's to come, but we are thankful that you're on the journey with us. Sometimes we might just be ranting. Yeah, you know? we might rant. Actually, I probably rant more than my wife it's rants. It's true. He rants. So. I don't rant. Uh, but yeah, we um, like I said, we are excited about this podcast. We love this opportunity. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for more Reclaiming Family. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.